You're listening to Marketing Major at Josh and Mo, a podcast created for students by students who are curious about marketing. So our next guest is Scott Steele. He's the Associate Creative Director at ZGM Modern Marketing Partners. And if you ever had the chance to meet him, he's quite the character and one of the most humble people I've met. So much so that he even pretends like he has no idea what he's doing, even though his work continues to win awards on both a domestic and international level. Uh, So today we'll be chatting with Scott about a particular piece of award-winning work he did with Honest Dumplings and helping bring their purpose to life through their branding. I recorded this interview last year, about a day after Panita's episode on purpose-based marketing. So there's a nice logical flow and the content is still super relevant and gives a really good overview of the creative process too. So without further ado, we'll pick up the conversation with Scott, introducing the story of Honest Dumplings and how they came to seek ZGM's help. So Honest Dumplings is a local company started by Chris and Ray. And the interesting part of their story is Ray was a lawyer and um, she was just like not satisfied at all um, being a lawyer. Um, so she decided much to her parents' chagrin and like um, maybe like her, the expectations put on her by her family in some ways, um, she decided to, to, no, I'm not gonna be a lawyer anymore and I actually want to make dumplings. So um, her and her husband, Chris, um, started a dumpling company and called it Honest Dumplings. And I think the whole idea of honesty in that was that she was being true to herself and true to what she wanted to to do with her life. Um, and that's, I, I'm assuming that's why they called it Honest Dumplings. But um, Chris Ray, if you hear this, you know, I hope I don't screw that up. Um, so they started off in, in farmer's markets and um, just around the city. And at some point along the way, they decided that they wanted to grow and expand based on the popularity of their company and everything like that. But with that, they also realized that they they needed a brand that represented something a bit larger um, because their ambitions didn't necessarily suit the sort of trendy farmer's markety style brand that they had. They wanted to get into grocery store and share their vision with a much larger audience. So in order to do that, they needed to refresh their brand, they knew that, and sort of create something that was unique. Um, because if you're if you're trying to get into the the grocery industry, that's it's cutthroat, right? So yeah. <laughs> it, not everybody's going to be successful. It probably equates to like trying to break into the music industry because it's just such a highly competitive market. Right. Um, people are always vying to get like shelf space and and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't think that they could do it with a farmers market brand, and they were probably right. Because um, then you'd always remain on that like local looking level, right? Yeah. Like, you'd be in like hey, Edmonton, Edmonton local, go and check that stuff out rather right. than like big global brand that um, represents a much larger meaning. And then they, they also then like their objective was to bring truth to truthfulness to something that doesn't always have a lot of truthfulness in it. So um, for instance, like when you look at product packaging for the most part, or if you're talking about like um, advertising in for food companies or whatever, just in general, like the Whopper 
or um, I know it's always burgers and it's everything, but yeah, the easiest one to to know is like a like what a Big Mac looks like in a picture right. versus what you actually get, and it's yeah. truth in advertising, and they had no interest in doing something that was traditional in that sense, because um, I mean they called their company Honest Dumplings, so. Obviously, we want to make it the most honest company. They'd be lying to everybody if they did anything but but what their name said, right? So they're like, we don't always run into clients who have such a defined objective or a fine yeah. defined goal or um, a defined way of looking at the world or anything like that. So for them, it was rel- relatively easy to to craft things because I mean, it just seemed after a while once you start digging into it. Um, it, it became fairly obvious what the solution was. That makes sense too, because Panita, Panita was here yesterday too, and she was talking about how before they go into any of the creative uh, thinking and kind of the creative ideas, they always try to advise their clients to figure out their purpose too. And it seems like Honest Dumplings like really knew what their purpose was too. And yeah, absolutely. Um, like, pr- like we're big proponents on on purpose based marketing, and I won't. I'm sure Panita can do it more justice than what I can. And she's talking about it a lot more than I do, but like the creative team is, are the people who like live it because we're the ones creating the, right. the expression of what that brand is or what the marketing objective is. But the truth is that if you don't have like a purpose, then you're, you're not, you're not going to be able to do very well, or you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to connect with the audience that you're trying to connect with or whatever it might be. And it's just a, a healthier way to do advertising, I think, or marketing. It makes, like, I I worked in direct marketing online for years where I sold um, creams that didn't fuck all (laughs) (laughs) to to people who had no money to pay for it. Right. Um, And it's a soul destroyer. It ruins you. The company that um, I worked for were inspired by another company where like the FBI got involved and <laughs> and stuff like it was just it was a crazy situation and story for another day, but uh, <laughs> but yeah like working in a, an environment where we focus on um, like truth in advertising and, and purpose based marketing and all that kind of stuff um, is rewarding because you know you're not lying to your your end user audience or anything like that and it feels good when when it works too right because it's truthful and honest yeah that makes sense and then um so from there you kind of have like your truth and uh they definitely they often say that like the creative's job is to make everything like simpler too and like to boil it down to its simplest point and i'm just wondering to kind of what the what that process looks like because i used to think that you know, creative people would just have these like light bulb moment ideas too, where you just, the idea just like comes to you in your sleep or, yeah. you know, at night. And maybe that does happen. But when you were my mentor too, for the the student workshop, you also kind of showed me how there's usually a process to your thinking as well. Yeah, there's definitely um, a process kind of. Um, but for for me personally, I, I like, I can't speak for other art directors or or people who have to work in other companies or anything like that. Um, but for me, my process is I do a, like super active listening during a creative brief, and I won't write any notes down because I uh, I can't listen when I'm writing. Um, so if I'm doing that, then um, I'm active. I'm actively listening to what the the problem is, and then 
I'll usually go back to my computer or whatever and, and write down ideas right away. And so that's like the first part of my process. Right. And then I don't touch it for a little while. A lot of my process is just based around digesting information more like sitting on it stuff. And then I'll spend a day like actually like act like actively thinking about it after that. But 85% of what I do is writing. Um, I think that's something that every art director should do is um, write more than you do anything else um, because it's, it, it really helps. But for me personally, it just helps me craft my thinking or like it makes it easier for me to understand a problem when I'm writing even more so than talking. So I'll, I'll write like a few pages of ideas before I actually like go and draw or draw, like do any of that sort of stuff. I'll write rationales in my and like a whole bunch of stuff and and then go about that. Um, in this case, though, back to your original question, um, there was an aha moment and kind of how that came to be. So when we when we present creative, we tend to like present like a few different options for our clients. Like you could go down this way, this way, this way. And we try to make sure that like each one of them we're proud of. And in this case, I did three versions of what on a Stumplings brand could look like. Um, and I showed them to my creative director, Kurt, and they were all good, solid directions. Um, none of them were weaker than any of the others. And he looked at them and he was like, yeah, no, that's, those are good. Yeah. But I don't know if they're like the one right. or whatever. Like, Cause you had, it was the dumpling with like the halo on it, right? Yeah. It was, and then what were the other two? I'm forgetting the other two. They were kind of split into categories. There was like this really clean one. That was like a like a dumpling with a halo on it, and you know, really playing up the the honesty of it. Yeah. Um, and it was a super clean, almost like no name brand style um, look and feel to it, like just really um, retail focused. Yeah. And then there was another one that was we were equating the brand to like craft beer, so we made like a craft beer style version. So that one was like, okay, we don't necessarily want to lose the farmer's market quality. Like right. We want to bring that into a, like a, a larger retail space. So we created what we were calling like, uh, <laughs> um, like craft dumplings and stuff like that. <laughs> and which is exactly what they are. If you ever get a chance to try them, they're, they're like, that's what it is. in a nutshell is their, their business model is essentially craft beer model right. in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, and then there was another one. I don't remember what that direction looked like. But then it was, this one was an aha moment. I went like, I had one day until the presentation and I went home and I slept on it or whatever. And this is that whole like digesting or like, yeah. I don't know what they call percolate, per percolating. I think percolating. Is that the right word? <laughs> uh, like let we'll it percolate, and, later, percolate yeah. in your head or whatever. <laughs> ruminate? Ru that? Ruminate? I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, steep? <laughs> steep maybe? Steep is yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it hit me like that night and I started working on it that night and brought a whole bunch of stuff back to Kurt the next day, but it, it, it had occurred to me that, that we didn't want to show anything on the packaging. At that point, I was thinking about truth in advertising and how can we make the most honest. Uh, this actually comes from Kurt too. Like a, creative, a good creative director basically doesn't do any of the work. They just like give you the opportunity to do good work. And so um, he, he pushed me and he said, you know, like think of it as like everything in it needs to be 100% honest. What's the most honest brand you can think of or come up with? Um, so I, that, that's when I started thinking about like the, the truth in advertising and the McDonald's example and all that sort of stuff. And I looked at the, I went to like the grocery store or whatever, and like looked at the shelves and stuff and like, what am I dealing with here? <laughs> Having all this like existential crisis and everything. <laughs> and this is all the night before. 
Well, like and some of that was a little bit before, but yeah. like when I had the aha moment or yeah. whatever, it was the night before. And it like, it, I was like, no, well, it needs to be black and white because it's, it just has to be. Yeah. Um, because and like in the grocery store, when you go down the, the aisle and you look in the freezer aisle, it's basically everybody's just competing on a visuals, like a visual scale of just like minutia or like, I'm going to, we're going to try to be the most colorful. We're going to try to have the best picture of whatever our product yeah. is. We're going to have the loudest type. We have to out loud other companies or whatever. And to me, it was just like, well, uh, the aha moment was just like, let's just do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Like exactly right. the opposite. Let's not show the product on the package at all. <laughs> um, let's not fight a losing battle in color because um, we will like there's no way like we can get into the market based on those like, small like battles and in order to do that you just think of it from a visual standpoint well it seems pretty easy it's like they're all doing this let's not do that <laughs> let's do the opposite of that but with that comes a problem like it's like all of those things that everybody's doing are like standard practice right so like for grocery companies or whatever, it's kind of a risk to take on somebody who's doing something so dramatically different. Right. But we took the risk anyways. We were like, oh yeah, well let's let's do that. Let's let's put this fourth creative idea uh, together and let's pitch that to the client. And then so we did. We in our um, creative document or whatever our presentation document, we had a fourth one, and it was the the black and white concept, which is what they ended up going with but that's kind of an interesting thing too because like that the huge risk on their part right yeah. to accept a solution so dramatic um something that's like never been done before as far as i know anywhere um at least for the grocery business or yeah and i wonder if that's grocery. why why it has never been done before is that it is a big risk and it's not an industry standard when you think about like a green giant or like mccain's fries like that's a really large company i bet you if you pitch out at a boardroom meeting you probably wouldn't well, get yeah. through to people <laughs> and you wouldn't and, mm. and yeah um, and they're so ingrained in whatever it is that they've currently got going right yeah. and yeah they're they're fighting they're fighting market share battles right yeah, we don't have those <laughs> they're not even a part of the market share yeah all, exactly so. um and we have zero <laughs> or whatever like now we like we don't think about it in those terms right yeah and we like we're just like I said. We're just trying to flank it and create our own market, and then people will follow suit with what we're doing, right? And then that will blossom into something bigger eventually. But obviously not yet. It hasn't it hasn't been out there long enough to do that. Like, what was your favorite work that you guys produced? Like, out of all the different things, like out of like all the different illustrations, or like the the banners, or like some of the copywriting too. Like, is there anything that sticks out to you looking back at it now or is it all just kind of great <laughs> yeah no I, my favorite thing is this guy here their traditional fork yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know why i did better illustrations later like more like actual technically better illustrations right. once i got kind of used to the style that i was doing but um for some reason like doing a a, a pig like i said like a, we we got the names of all the um all the flavors, right? Yeah. And we didn't want to do um, like traditional names or anything like that. Um, but traditional pork stuck out in my head for some reason. And I was like, ah, oh, it just sounds like 
like a, a really hoity-toity pig with <laughs> with a monocle and a, a cape and a top hat. And, and so I drew that. Um, and that, that one became my my favorite for sure. I have lots of favorites in yeah. it because it was a lot of fun to make all this stuff. So yeah, we, we kind of talked about how it was a big risk for Honest Dumplings to take on this, this branding that was definitely not an industry standard and so different from what was out there. And I'm kind of wondering what the initial reaction from the client was and if you had to do any any convincing of any sort or like how you how you framed the risk I guess they were going to take. So I'm a big presentation guy. A lot of my thinking and a lot of my work goes into how we frame presentations or how we like present to clients. And we don't do any sort of like trickery or anything. Um, but I like to be as truthful and as honest as possible. So if we have a direction out of the f- four directions, we had one that we thought that they should do. Yeah. Um, so we didn't necessarily emphasize it um, in terms of content or like try to oversell it or anything like that. We have a mantra of tell, don't sell, <laughs> um, which has been bashed into my head by Kurt many times. <laughs> but we did want to separate it out as like, oh yeah, like by the way, this is the one that we think you should go with. So if we're some pushing out like four pieces of creative or putting forth four pieces of creative. Um, we have like direction one and then you go through direction one, right? direction two, and then you go through direction two and direction three and you go through direction three. And then on the fourth one, we changed it. We said the one, the slide in between is like the one you should go with. Okay. Um, so at that point they were just like, they were seeing sort of a normal process and then you take the presentation and kind of flip it on its head a little bit and you frame, you put the idea in their mind that they're going to be looking at the best option. Okay. Without like saying like, like trying to oversell it or anything yeah. like that. Then the rest was like exactly the same as the rest. But the only thing that changed in the presentation was instead of going in a numeric order, the, the last one that we showed them was um, they had it in their mind that like that's the one that they should go with. We expected a lot more pushback on it or at least a lot more like oh i don't know i don't know what this yeah one. like let's look exactly. at the other ones but they kind of just didn't look at the other ones right they ended up choosing the last one i can't remember if they chose it in the room or not but they were they were willing to make a splash or like to try and do something different and they're like back to their initial objectives of of honesty and whatever like whatever we said about that fourth concept resonated with them personally and that's kind of like back to that stuff panita talks about with the purpose-based marketing it's like if you're gonna have a purpose in your company and you see a brand platform that reflects that then you're gonna probably accept it as a right because that's like right down to her root of like going down the traditional path as being a lawyer and then like flipping it to yeah, exactly. Something completely opposite. Yeah, that, and and I think that's why it resonated so well. Yeah, with them is because we found, and they were clear, very clear about what their purpose was, um, to us, which like crafting the the fourth concept or whatever. Um, it just felt right and felt yeah. right to everybody who saw it. It felt right to them, and it resonated really well with them. But I think that that's like the key, right? Is if you can, if you can find that that alignment between like what your client wants and needs and um, and hit that objective, you're going to do really well when you're presenting creative. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no matter what. And then the work, the work's probably going to do really well too. Yeah, I mean, 
it it's done a lot well I, I shouldn't say a lot better i mean it did it's done what we've the goals that we set out for it yeah. to achieve like we had business objectives and the, the main business objective was to grow the company and um get into grocery stores yeah i see them all over now yeah they've got like 25 they're in like 25 or 28 stores across alberta grocery stores yeah and i saw on i think it was their instagram they said they were going to vancouver now yeah they're in vancouver too so we went from solely farmer's market local edmonton to western canada in the span of about a year so that's pretty cool that's i'd say it worked yeah um, and like that's what we had set as our goals and we met our goals so that's pretty cool when it all comes together like that yeah, yeah. definitely and then kind of as a bonus reward too like you ended up i think what you got you guys got like five ace awards and best in show and then is the anvils kind of the same too in calgary is that yeah, this is their local award show yeah yeah we, we did well there yeah and then um you won that communication arts one too that must have been pretty cool for you too because that's like you you really like that magazine too right? like that's kind of... yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of communication arts. <laughs> <laughs> i like i like reading that magazine uh, so yeah that's been a, a goal of mine for a while to to get representation in an international magazine and it it happened so that's pretty sweet yeah definitely yeah no it's it's been good it's been good for our company it's been good for me personally um and it's been good for them obviously but that's like the main thing right but the nice thing too is like at the ace awards or whatever it's like they were there with us yeah that's cool they're on like, stage with you too when when we like our awards aren't our awards <laughs> yeah. they are but like they can't happen without our clients right like they accepted a huge risk um with the brand and all that sort of stuff and um so we wanted to like even if we didn't win we wanted to bring them to the ace awards and stuff like that to show our uh, appreciation for for them and you know it's been it's been working both ways they they love the attention in the industry and stuff like that and, yeah uh, we love the attention in the industry and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been great. Uh, so just before we wrap things up, uh, we usually kind of give everyone on the show like one last bit of information that they can leave with like students, whether they're you know in like a design program or a marketing program, they'd like to share about what you've learned now, where you are today, and then kind of for people that are just entering the field or thinking about going into marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. Most of my advice is just stuff from like my own head <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but there's two things that I live by. The first one is don't pretend like you know everything or anything. Right. It's like operate under the guise that you you don't know much <laughs> because it'll be more rewarding when you like learn things, like learn new things about whatever. And if you're an insanely intelligent person, still feel that way or like actively actively learn i guess yeah like don't don't stop because the best the best things that have happened to me when i've been working at um companies or whatever is is learning from other people so if i go into it thinking i know more or i'm better than anybody else then i don't grow as a person or, yeah. or in the company or anything like that so humility and yeah. and all that kind of stuff goes a long way it goes a lot further than it might seem this is the one thing I love about ZGM is that it's a bunch of very confident, very ambitious group of people and highly diverse, <laughs> but there's not a single person that will step on you to get somewhere else. Yeah. And we all work together very, very well. And we're close. 
um, and a close knit family, I guess. We actually totally consider ourselves a family in a lot of ways. Right. Everybody learns from one another, and nobody thinks that they're necessarily smarter than anybody else or anything like that. And I've worked with people who are like that, and they are like the worst people ever. <laughs> oh, and the second one is、um, my personal mantra, which is to be weird, but be the good kind of weird, because <laughs> there's a real big distinction between the two.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but、uh, most people would just say like, be yourself. All the time, or at least try to, anyways.、Um, because when you are truthful to yourself, then you'll be truthful to your your projects and whatever it is that you're working on. And we work in a company that's based around purpose based marketing. And if you're lying to yourself or <laughs> or to your clients or anything like that, then it just it just won't work. Like for instance, and this is just me,、um, but I don't put a precedent on like looking a certain way when I go to meet a client. Right or like to present creative, I'm hoping that the passion that I bring to that presentation will outweigh anything like look wise or like I don't feel like I need to be somebody else in yeah, order to present creative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't put on a face in front of clients. Right, I just am who I am. Or if I'm accepting an award, I'm not somebody else. I'm just me. All right, so we hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott. I thought it was a really good look at the creative process behind the campaign, and just a really great example of some amazing local work. So our next episode will be on social media marketing with popular local social media expert Linda Huang and our very own VP of Communications Jill Sunquist, who works as a social media coordinator at a local marketing agency. We chat about what it's really like to do social media as a career and how to break into that area of marketing. So be sure to subscribe so you get the notification for when that drops. See you then.